Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, America. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks and creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in this day, Sunday, July 30th, 2017. It's been a while since I've been on air, but now I'm back, and I appreciate your continued support of us. Thanks to you listeners, even in my absence, the show must go on. And special thanks to my dear colleague, Anike Madison, with her awesome show title, Journey Into Passion, and as well as Keeping Up With K-Pop, with my K-Pop crew. If it weren't for them, everyday folks would not have been flourishing as well as it has. And in fact, dear colleagues, if you're listening now, I'm proud to report that we have over 3,000 listeners tuning into our show, whether it be live and or through the tape podcast throughout the world. And I especially want to thank not only you, but the listeners who represent not only here in our own nation, the United States, but as well as the other Sweden, Russia, Canada, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, United Kingdom, and Japan. And yes, we have a percentage of listeners in Madagascar too. So thank you for your love and continued support. It motivates us here to do what we do. If at any time you'd like to call in to the show to speak to me or to speak to my guest, who I'm about to introduce shortly, you can tune in at 347-539-5372. That is 347-539-5372. And if you prefer to email your questions, comments, or requests, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So instead of spending the next few minutes talking about where I've been and what I'm up to, I'd rather talk about where I'm at and where I'm going. And to help me out for this Q&A segment, I've asked my dear colleague, Brother Fab, to come on in. And Fab is here on Air 5. Say hi to some of our listeners out there. Good afternoon, everyone. Very glad to be here. Looking forward to this afternoon of Q&A. And Fab is here and on every Q&A segment that I do, I ask him to come on in, read the questions, and I had about 50 questions. And this is only an hour, folks, so unfortunately I can't get to everyone. But I reply to everyone, so I still say thank you for that. But I tried to pull out the most salient questions. And Fabio, as you're looking at the list, you see that the, the, the offering, the menu is healthy, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and so, folks, we'll go ahead and get started with our Q&A segment. What's our first question, Fab? Our first question comes from Tina from Tampa, and she says, where have you been, BJ? It's been a while. Well, Tina, thank you for listening, and I do hope that all is well with you. I've been busy, and busy with life, and busy right. In fact, I'm proud to report two things. First, my family and I relocated and bought a new house in the city, so we've now gotten that established and We've gone through a very arduous nine-month process of renovation. And now that that is coming to pass, we're now able to fully enjoy and embrace and live in the house. So that's been number one. And then secondly, I've been very busy 
with a number of activities. First, working on Everyday Folks Volume 2. That's been my heart and my soul for the past year. And so by the end of the calendar year, it will be completed as far as a full manuscript and off to print for release in 2018. So very excited about that. And then there has also been other things as well. As you all know, I work at Broward College, and annually we host our Music, Film, Literature, and Art Festival. And so I chair that festivity. And so we had nine events taking place in March that took a lot of time. And as well as touring and doing occasional speaking engagements across the region. So I've been very busy in getting my, my work within my own community. And I also want to share that another thing that I've been up to is writing for my poetry book. 2018 EF Volume 2 comes out, but by 2019, not 2020, the poetry work. I'm working to work currently while at the same time doing my thing with the other things that I've already done. And then lastly, being engaged as much as I can within my writer's community. I've been a little absent from South Florida Writers Association for the past couple months, but I've always been there supporting. So now, as of the next upcoming month, I'll be back full swing with that. And I this is a great time to say on September 16th, the South Florida Writers Association is hosting a book fair, and it will be a regional activity. Those who are located in Miami or Broward counties, you're welcome to come over and participate and support that effort. I'll post more information about that, that event on my website. But definitely, that's been where I am. <laughs> And hopefully there will be no more hiatus. All right, Chris from Miami, Florida. What's in store for the fall? Are you bringing back the paranormal hour? Ho, ho, ho. Do you remember last October we hosted, uh, I hosted a show called Paranormal Hour. I do remember. And the purpose of to have individuals call in with their real life stories, with paranormal activities and things of that nature. And it was so successful. We did it early October, and then we did it again that Sunday as a part two. And it was so successful. And definitely, Chris, I'll say this, we're bringing it back. In fact, I think for the month of October, we're going to be doing a variety of things, two or three segments that are around the topic. And so everything from what we've done already before with folks calling in and emailing or sharing their scary stories, to other things that attribute to the season. We will be bringing those forward and live to you. Thank you for your interest in that. And, and definitely we will be staying. If you have ideas, by the way, and would like to be a part or contributor, do shoot me an email again and we can see what we can do. Uh, Martha from Miami, Florida. I recently learned that the writer and poet Judith Ortiz Cofer passed away last year. You mentioned her once on the show. Any reflections on her life? Well, I didn't know uh, Colfer closely, but I taught all of her writings in class. And one of the most popular that my English comp students enjoy is the poem Tida Quintanilla. And she talks about in that particular poem, her experience, the joys and the struggles of enduring that process. And as one may see, yes, Tida Quintanilla, I've been to one and it's beautiful. It's very family. It's very traditional. There's a religiosity, traditional here. Nonetheless, Colfer paints it in a very dark tone. And I think what she did best, and, and rest her soul, 
Well, one thing I had embraced about her is that she was able to focus on issues, traditions, or customs of Latino, Latina culture and bring them into her, into her writing. Keep in mind, she wrote in a time when um, Latinos were, uh, were acknowledged and full support in, in aspects, not as fully embraced we see our wonderful contributions from our brothers and sisters of that community today. And so she was bringing to light through her work that those ideals. And I do say every time I pull her up, and there's even another short story about uh, one of she wrote about the myth of the Latin woman. And it's also in one of my textbooks. And I will say that I'm very, it's very sad she did pass. She passed this past December, 2016. Can you imagine? It's already been seven plus months, almost a year coming up in an anniversary. But her ideas are forever memorialized in our world. And I thank you, Marta, for considering her. If you'd like to do a reading of her on air, hit me up. Everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Donna from Hollywood, Florida. I'm a recent college graduate with a degree in business. I want to write a book about my life as a homeless student. Yes, I was a homeless for, I was homeless for some time. Any recommendations on how to start writing the writing process? Well, thank you for that question, Donald. And first I say to you, because I've taught students who are, and I still teach currently students who are homeless. People don't realize, especially when you're working in a college setting, a community college setting, there is a, a small community of students who are homeless. And some folks, it, it'd be nice if, if, if all students were able to come to school, receive the education they need to receive and move on with their lives, but have their biological needs challenged. So it's, it's, I salute you for making that happen and seeing things through and hoping that now that you're in a different where you're not able to reflect on this experience, Actually, my advice starts there. It's very hard to write about the very thing you're living in. You have to be detached from it, look back on it, reflect on it before you're able to endure it. And if, uh, even more so, to commit it to prose requires you're in a different place in your life and that happen. So congratulations in that regard. Also, want to make some few suggestions. Write and write often. You have to make time to write. Too many times do I find that people that writing, they want to publish a book, making the commitment to, to the craft. You have to commit to the process. And that includes making time to write, scheduling it on your phone or on your outlet. And then also, too, making sure that whoever you're writing for, you should have a good sense of who your audience is, although at some point that may change through the writing process. So very easily we can get caught up in the business side of the writing process, but there's no point in even talking business if you have nothing written. And so therefore, please write, write frequently and decide at some point after you've gotten some things committed, if this, decide on some point in terms of what platform or genre you'd like to go with your writing. If your goal is to be self-help, then it may be best to go to bookstores and go to go on the online communities to see what, what vendors are providing and what some other individuals are doing and what they do. If your goal is to primarily is to get your message out primarily, then that should be your focus and not the money. But at some point, it would be nice to gain some kind of uh, monetary gain if you're interested for your uh, literary contribution. So therefore, it's important that you make sure that you see what others are doing. It doesn't mean you got to write to the competition, but there are common threads among 
books that are related to what you talk about, especially if it's autobiographical. The other piece is to think about that. Is it an autobiography? Is it written in person? Or are you going to bring in character, create a full plot, setting, denouement, all those things that come into writing a story? All of that needs to be considered because it's easy just to write and journal your experience. It's another to memorialize it as a story. You hit me up at, at, at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. I'll be happy to follow this conversation offline so that way the support that you may need to bring your ideas to fruition. And folks, we're already a quarter of an, uh, a, a quarter into the hour. If at any time you speak to me, my lines are open. I always do this, Fab. We always say the lines are open, but no one talks to us through the phone lines, but yet they email like crazy. So I thank you for your love. But the line to call in is 347-539-572. Again, that is 347-539-5372. As well as my inbox again is everydayfolks, with an S, listen at gmail.com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So, Fab, before you read the next question, I got a live question coming in, and it reads, hello, Bill and BJ and Fab. BJ, glad to have you back. What is your for balancing your writing life with your work life? Thank you for that question, Anika S. Folks, if you haven't tuned in, please, she'll be joining us back in the next week or so for her show, Journey into Passion. We'll be posting that schedule live. So, Anika, this is for you. So, a good way of balancing. I, I just mentioned this actually to... Chris, or was it Donald? Actually, Donald, uh, my first advice is scheduling time to write. Just like we schedule to make doctor's appointments, schedule times to write and commit to those times. It's easy to say, I'm going to write today and I don't want to write at all. Some days you may get like that and you may have writer's block. That's a different conversation. But right now, I think your question is related to time or imbalance. So number one, scheduling time to write. That time may vary per writer. Maybe it may be time that you write, for instance, within your work week. could be every other day of the work week or in the evening. Wherever you can get in, where you can fit it in, it works. But make it a priority. That's my second advice. Making writing a priority. So scheduling the time, but also when the time is scheduled, doing the very things you say you're going to do, which is write. And then another thing to keep in mind is also making sure that you have the right tools and resources for writing. Very often, I see this a lot. Some writers are, are writing things on, on, on spiral notebooks. I still like to write poems that way. I construct my best po- poem in my journal poetry book. However, I know at some point I need to commit it to the screen, to the computer. So therefore, it may be advisable to find the process that works, but eventually keeping in mind that you need to transfer this stuff. Find a way to use technology to help and aid you in the process. There are a few apps, and I can give these to you, that help with organizing or writing poetry, besides things such as Microsoft Word or Pages and Apple. There are other apps that are out there. In fact, there are a couple that even help you create. There's one on my iPad that allows you to choose words, and you can create poems, and it'll structure the different types of poetry you'd like to create. So using that as well. And then lastly, one thing that I think is important that people don't get, and you and I get this bet, Sanike, and that is surrounding ourselves in a community of other writers. If you are in a major city, there is a special support group or a writer's group for you or a club or a professional community. Find that community. And if it doesn't exist, you get on meetup.com and you create one. 
And you can start, if you don't know where to start, one can start by looking at local library systems. They post, and many of these libraries, by the way, are now becoming public community and meeting spaces. So they also could be platforms for finding such resources, organizations like a writer's association. Thank you for your question. Fab, what do we have next? I have Ray from Davie, Florida. BJ, welcome back. It's been a minute. Who do you have in mind for your future guests? Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness, Ray. Ray, good question. And I'll be honest, I can't leak them all. <laughs> if I did leak them all, then that will, that will upset some um, unconfirmed circumstances. However, I will say a few of them are other writers. Some of them quite know. Some are up and coming. My preference is, is, to all, is, to, is to provide a platform for those who are up and coming first. However, if I can get a video or two in there to show their love, I'll do it as well. And we've done both here on Everyday Folks. I, I also will share this. A variety of people, granted what I do is writing and I'll stay in the state I'm most comfortable in, but I'm also going to start welcoming even more than I already have other individuals from other industries. People don't know this, but Fab, who's sitting right across from me, from me live here on the show, he works, he's an educator as well. He's not a writer, but he also deals with writer engagement in a different capacity of his life. And he also teaches a different subject outside of my very own. So therefore, that's good, and that's okay. So I want to be able to provide an opportunity for other individuals who are outside of the nature and scope of what I do, because that actually is the platform of everyday folks and, and celebrating people from different communities. I also want to bring in other and other entrepreneurs who are doing some really cool stuff out here. And I, when I say out here, I'm not just referring to South Florida. I'm referring to those who are up and coming, looking for a plug in any place. I want to be part of that. If I believe in what you do, I'll support you fully, and Everyday Folks will be a home for you to showcase that platform. Now we have Lisa from Athens, Georgia. Recently, I stumbled, uh, stumbled on your show. It's really great. I want to learn more about what you do. If you could provide a snapshot, that would be great. Well, first of all, Lisa, thank you from Athens, Georgia, representing up there. Uh, first of all, what, is, what do I do? I'll start with EF Radio. EF Radio is a live podcast that reaches over 3,000 people internationally. And it's, it's providing a forum for the everyday yet extraordinary individual who doesn't get that chance to be heard. So whether it be a prominent author or someone who's upcoming, entrepreneur or stay-at-home parent who wants to have their story told. This is the place. So that's our snapshot. And then second, as a professional, I contribute richly to this conversation with credentials that match not only within English and journalism, but also with extensive experience in the publishing world. Therefore, I use this platform to showcase what I love to do on a daily basis. And that affect way change in people using communication, using writing, and the human spirit. How was that snapshot? <laughs> what you got for me, Bob? We got Roberto from Miami, Florida. How do you find time to write? What are your other business pursuits or interests? Oh, Roberto. Uh, Roberto, the struggle is real. <laughs> it's real in a negative sense, but it's real because I, too, live a professional life. Podcasting is not my full-time work. I'm a full-time college English professor. So I'm fortunate to be able to marry all that I do and teach what I do within the confines of my industry. So I teach writing classes, 
and I teach specialty courses that are not only in literature, but also in the communication family, too. And I do that primarily at Broward College, but I get the chance to host that opportunity in other universities or communities within my own area. So that's primarily what I do. And how do I find time to, to write uh, this? Do it. I do it quietly. And I'm going to say something that a lot of people probably don't want to know about me. I write, not only I write at home with my family, I can be watching television, my favorite channel, HGTV. And as I'm seeing, sitting watching people building and, and re, relocating or establishing their lives in new places, I'm writing. Or I can write on a trip. I could write best on a toilet. <laughs> Wherever I could get in, I do it. And so I, I use all of those mechanisms. And it comes to me at crazy times. Sometimes when I should be on task in a meeting, I get an idea to write. And that's things. So I try to c- capture it by voice memos. And I do other things to keep me, to keep my ideas going. Because as fast as they come, they disappear. So out of sight, out of mind. So I capture ideas using technology. And as far as other business pursuits, I write. And I also... I do a local speaking engagement, and I also facilitate, I should share, book club meetings. In fact, coming up August 19th, I'll be facilitating a book club reading of a select work to a local a community of members at, a, a, at an established church in Broward County. And so I'm very excited about that. Every time I do these things, I also get a new sense of listeners and, and, and supporters of everything, folks. So if you're interested in having me facilitate folks, I love doing it. I usually do a lot of these things pro bono. Others, of course, are done through other means, but I'm able to work with folks. If my time and schedule permits, I like for that. And I am actually looking at something else I should share. And 20, by 2020, I have another surprise project that I don't want to speak of fully yet, but something that will allow me to create a platform. I'll say this, a platform for other writers and creators so they're able to have a creative space and get an on-ramp into the career field of writing. And so I've definitely working with first-time and up-and-coming artists and writers and platforms. So stay tuned and more to come in that regard. We have Gina from Hollywood, Florida. How do you use technology in your work? How effective is it getting the, how is it get effective in getting the job done? I recently started writing, and I find that's great, but I know I could be doing more. Hmm. Whew. So, Gina, the, the, I guess I have a follow-up question to your question, and that is, what is the technology in your life, and in what capacity would you like to use the technology to improve in your productivity what you do? So I'll share how I use it. Naturally, I'm using technology right now to host this show. I'm hosting it from my home studio here in Miami, Florida. But I also use the platform, whether it be my iPad Pro, or my, or my MacBook Pro to compose my stories and my, product, my, my publications. But in addition to that, I recently met uh, one of my former students who's going to be coming on the EF team. He brought out some great stuff about, about search engine optimizing and looking at ways in which my digital presence is out there. And I'm definitely using the technology in that regard to, to, to further and brand myself out in the universe. And so as a result, I'm using technology for everything from production in terms of writing to also producing this show to also promoting this show and promoting the EF brand. And so 
all of those things, I, I can't think of a writer today. If you're going to walk and do this, you've got to embrace all this stuff. You have to embrace it fully and, and engage with it. And so I, I ask you, Gina, um, how is effective is it in getting it done? I guess the question for you, if you're asking that question, is technology effective as it works for you now? You have, first have to master what you know well before you can go into new territory. So if you can shoot me an email and apprise me where you're at with your technology level of savviness, let me further answer the question. But I'll answer, I'll, I'll say this, you could always be doing more. In fact, my dear friend Kip, be listening live in Atlanta, and by the way, plug for her, owner and founder of Black Tongue Clothing Line. I also want to share that we see that there are other platforms that people are now merging industries. So if you're a writer, it's not only about writing anymore. You're podcasting, you're broadcasting, you're ghostwriting, or doing local speaking engagements on television, or you're writing for other individuals and presenting, presenting technical work for them. So everyone has hustles within the hustle they do primarily. And I think that's all good, too. We have Chris from Trenton, New Jersey. Of all the shows we've hosted, what is your favorite to date? Oh, so Fab, I actually have a question for you. So you've listened to the show. You've been part of the family for a while. Do you have any favorites? I believe that the one with the genealogy was very interesting, to know where you come from and to know who you may be related to. And that shines a light on pretty much your history and who better to tell your history than genetics and, you know, and all the DNA that we have available today for research. I agree. That would be one of my favorites. Mm, it is too. And if I had to categorize them and if I had to do a top three, I, so don't kill me guests and former, former guests and the like, because you all have been fabulous. Paranormal was also very good. I, I, I will say it's funny because Fab just named the three that I would say are the most memorable. I can't say favorite, but I'll say memorable. Memorable in terms of the brevity of the questions that called in from clients, or, or not clients, but listeners, and as well as the dialogue that came in from guests, whether they be face-to-face or online. I will concur. I can't put them in an order, but I'll name them. Bob already named the two. My dear friend Ron, Ron, you rock. That show, the genealogy show, was great. In fact, he had a few tricks up Ron contacted my mother to get additional information, and he revealed live on air some of my family heritage. I thought that was a surprise because, honestly, I had no idea he was doing that. So love to you, Ron. Thanks for that support. And also shout out to my mom, too, because she was on it, and I thought it was a pleasant surprise. And I will say the Paranormal Hour, who have stories. I don't know what's up with people uh, with, when it comes to their understanding of things that go bumping in the night and things that are not quite right. Is it really something there or a figment of your imagination? <laughs> so therefore I love that show because it allows me to, to, to go into that realm. In truth, I don't have experiences, elaborate experiences. I don't keep having elaborate experiences or I have experiences with ghosts or things like that, but I'm so fascinated by the spirituality that other people in, in various communities carry with it. So therefore, I like that show too. And I, if I had to say one that was a lot of fun, that uh, that a, a third that was memorable, would probably be some of my first shows. That was with Kip uh, and, and promoting her clothing line, BTC, because we had a great conversation about entrepreneurship. I the first show was with Anike, 
When we first brought her on as a guest and then later she's hosting a show, that was so much fun. And I remember, the, and she made me think of my passions and why I experienced them. And then I also had Chicken and Wooster. They were crazy. I had fun with their show. And in fact, I hope to bring them on. They now have twins. They're here back in January for a taping. And now they have two beautiful babies who are now about seven months old. We need to check in on them. And so we'll, if they're listening, look out, Chicken and Wooster. I'm coming for So those are just two or several, if not all, that I, I just like. There's something that I take from every show. If you're listening now to the show, we're half hour out from closing. You're listening live to Jay Speaks, Q&A time. I'm back, folks, and I promise not to disappear on you once more. But if you would like to speak, the number to call in is 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. In fact, they're a little shy, so shy folks too of course the, the inbox is open at everyday folks listen at gmail.com i like saying it because it's it's almost off my tongue like a song everyday folks listen at gmail.com so what you got for me five we now got michael from miramar florida what books have you read lately oh michael in fact i'm in my home office and i was just looking at the book it's called north of the grove my colleague dr william hobbs Great book. He was just local television here in Miami. It's called North of the Grove, and the author's name again is William Hobbs, BBS, who is a full-time faculty at Florida University. And he chronicled his life story, life growing up and dealing with the atrocities of not necessarily a broken home, but a broken heart um, in terms of the loss of family, but the the emergence and the resilience to survival and who, who he is today and why he meant it's all embodied in that book. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. And then recently I read in my book, we read Eggs, whose author, I can't recall, but a great work nonetheless about life and struggle and joy written in historical fiction since. Definitely recommend that you try those out. I'm also open to other ideas. So Sometimes I'm reading three books at one time, writing two. So you know how crazy my life is. So if you have any other reading, summer is now coming to a close, but I still read and I read your book. So do share your list too. We now got Sophia from Miami, Florida. What are your thoughts on the latest development of commerce and residential developments in Miami? Do you address these changes in your writing? Hmm. Hi, Sophia. And thanks again. I, if I'm not mistaken, Sophia, when we were looking at these questions, your, your question came in about a month ago, so I apologize for not getting back to you. So therefore, I hope this could pay tribute to you and your ideas, and thank you for considering mine. So Miami, being a Miami native, I've been here 43 years. So yes, that's how old I am. I've been here 43 years, and I've seen, I remember a time when it was unsafe to be in down at the at Miami after 5 p.m. Or if you are a particular color, walking in certain areas of the community were not as comfortable to be in. And so it has changed. And because of the international influx of immigrants from other incredible nations, primarily Latino or uh, Latin or Latin American or um, communities, it has transformed what Miami can be. And that's trickled its way over into other communities and neighboring uh, municipalities. So having said that, I do feel that this development boom is amazing. It's nice to see all these thriving things. And it's like 
to live in a city where there's always 24-hour access to something, but it's also very congested. And I do see when I look at communities such as my former community where I live, which is Kendall, it is so heavily congested. And 40 minutes alone before I take it to the turnpike, I needed to be at time and plan the hour to leave my house just so that I can arrive in a legitimate time within my own same city. So it was kind of crazy with that. I do feel that housing is great, but it's becoming unaffordable. When I, I look at the average income of a South Florida resident, which is anywhere between 33 to 36K a year, and I always wonder how are people are affording homes here. And I think that's great concern because if we continue to not provide that affordability, then it's going to create a balloon in another sort. And there's something more that I think is very concerning. When I look at the next generation of workers, some of which by the year 2020 will now make up majority of the workforce, which is millennials, how do you afford this stuff? And so, and do you agree, Father? Like, I do, I do. What are your thoughts on that? The, uh, the, uh, unfortunately, the millennials um, are not able to afford the high rents in Miami because if they have to student loans, they have all the debt that uh, other generations may not have occurred or they've already settled those debts. So it's very difficult for us to retain local talent or talent from somewhere else that would like to be in Miami because of the mostly nice weather year-round and the closeness to the Caribbean and, and South America. And we do need to pay attention to having those individuals be here because otherwise Miami will, will be lacking that talent. Yeah. And we need very much, you know, the, to keep the economy growing and keep our labor force growing, millennials and, and the generations that come after them. But unfortunately, so often they cannot afford, so they are forced into a situation where they have to have roommates or they have to live, you know, in places that are far from where they work, which is not what they're looking for. Uh, having watched HDTV, uh, a lot of millennials now are, are, are looking to tiny houses. I have yet to see a tiny house in Miami, but I'd be surprised if we start seeing them pop around here for those who cannot afford standard housing or condos or apartments or whatnot. But even then, I don't know where would they put those tiny houses, given that Miami is so congested as it is in the major parts of the city. I think that's a great point. And I was just add, I, every, I, I still see it all from Fab. He hit it right on. And I'll add this. I think we need to make city safe and for for and, and a message needs to go out to younger generations that this is a great place to raise your family. If we continue to the way we do, we're gonna always create a community. Fab, you and I travel to Marco Island every year and we go at our fraternal station. We go to Marco Island, you see that, that in itself is a transient community. It is. It's a, it's a vacation community. A lot of the houses in Marco Island are boarded up for most of the year. And when it's winter for us, which is really not winter for the rest of the nation, right. uh, people do flock south and, uh, and they have a wonderful time either in Miami or Marco or Florida or whatever the case may be. Because our, I mean, the coldest winter I can't remember from in 58, which the rest of the nation, that is pretty much summer. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we do have this advantage, but we do need to keep in mind that, uh, you know, Miami is a year-round city, not only a vacation city, if we are to continue having economy, and, you know, improvements throughout society here. Yep. Sophia, your, your question was right on, and we thank you both. Thanks, Fab, for your feedback, too. We now have Denise from Davie, Florida. Do you 
keeping your authors lined up for speaking engagements? Where will we be this fall? Do you have any public appearances planned? Well, thank you very much, Denise, for your question. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so I'll take the first part, which is I do have authors lined up. I can't reveal yet because we are, are communication and in negotiations with their, with their time and commitment. So therefore, we, we do. By the way, folks, if you're ever a guest on a show, we always contract. Though we don't pay, you'll have to contract the, the contribution. So therefore, it's important that you, we, we make sure that things are lined up and all things are spelled out clearly. And then second for your question, where will I be this fall? Everywhere. So starting October 19th, I'll, excuse me, August 19th, I'll be in Broward at a book fair, a book club preview. It's a very private event. You can't tell, speak more openly about it, so it's not open to the public. After it's done, I'll speak fully. But then also in October, October 21st, my student organizations, Writing Out Loud, our student group, and as well as Lambda Omicron Delta Sorority, we're hosting our first annual haunted house ever. It's a house over there, a haunted attraction at Broward College. So in the community, if you're living local, we do hope you'll come out and support. Half of our proceeds will go to our annual United Way campaign. So that will be October 25th. And also, I do have a couple of authors who are lined up, both of which who've been on air this year on Everyday Folks. One is my dear colleague, Diggy Pasteur. She'll be speaking live, and that's open to the community as well, So in September, September 16th. And she will be speaking on uh, the keynote author for Hispanic Heritage Month. And if you didn't listen to her podcast, you should go back and check her out. But we, she and I will be conversing, as well as Nikki, uh, Ricky Dorn. Ricky was here, and she writes all this awesome poetry about Florida life. So she will be the college on November 9th as well. So I'll post more information open to the public. They'll, she'll be speaking to our scholars at Broward College, but we definitely welcome you. Two phenomenal, great writers women. We have Nicole from Tampa, Florida. How do you scout for new shows on Everyday Folio? Do you have any new shows planned? How can I apply? Well, Nicole, yes, you can apply. You can apply by shooting me an email at at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Let me know what your interests are, and we'll have conversations. And imagine whatever shows are presented, they're proposed, we vet them here, and we make sure they're a right fit and a right angle with the mission of Everyday Folks. And that is primarily to provide an opportunity for folks who are very extraordinary people to have a forum to be heard. If you have another perspective you'd like to offer as it relates to that, we definitely need to talk. But also, I scout talent all the ways. My most obvious audience are my students, uh, is my students. And, and I, I've run into many students of varying interests. In fact, the K-pop girls, they were all former college students of mine. And so I see a talent. I, you're interested. I tap it if you want to run with it together. So I scout talent in that community. I also, because I'm everywhere in the community, Whenever I hear someone with a great or unique or compelling idea, an incredible voice, or a unique perspective on life, I tap those individuals. So it's very hard to say what that is because a lot of it deals with intuition. It also adds, it lends itself to who that individual is in terms of her outlook and perspective. We want people with great positive backgrounds as well. for So all of that marries into a beautiful package for the ideal candidate or potential candidates for a show on yes. 
So Nicole, if you're interested, let me know um, how I how you can let you know how to be a part by hitting me up. And do I have any plans for other shows? I have a couple. In fact, Chicken and Wooster, we've been promising this. These babies have been popped out. We're able to 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 bring an opportunity to to have them on air. So one of my keen interests is to talk to them. And I also have a, another show of interest through a colleague of mine through the South Florida Writers Association. So hoping to get them both on board. Thank you, Nicole. Sean from Miami, Florida. What's the status of your next book? When will it be out? Oh, Sean, that's the question that even I keep. I, I'm so tired of hearing that question asked because of you. You have the right to ask it because you're showing your love. But I ask my question, myself that question, every day I breathe. And it's like, it's like the song on the radio that's playing over and over. And we know it's the number one hit, but you're tired of hearing it until it comes to fruition or something new comes out. That's where I'm at with that very same question for me. And so you have the right to ask it, and I thank you. Everyday Folks is going to be fit, completing production by the end of the calendar year. So I'm pretty much done with the book. I just haven't – I'm going through second and third edit, making some changes, writing new stuff. And I, I, I know I need to put a stop to it, but we writers are very special people. So I've been doing that, but by the end of the year, by December, I, it's done. And I'll be surrendering it over first thing in the new year for publication, uh, for print. So when will it be released? We're looking at a spring, early summer 2018 deadline. Can't specify yet because those are also things in negotiation with promotion and things of that nature when it comes to the, to the publishing company. But I will share it will be in the hands of all my beloved listeners and readers by mid-2018. Reese from Orlando, Florida. What's the craziest thing you've been asked to do as a writer? <laughs> well, Reese, the question perhaps should not be what I've been asked to do, but what I've done. <laughs> and I've done things. I have no secrets. I, I'm an open book. And I'll share some things. I've been asked to write for pornography. I've been asked to write, for instance, for individuals who, for individuals who want ghostwriters. I've had a celebrity approach me. I don't think that's crazy because not everybody has the time to commit to writing or even in some aspects, I would feel. So therefore, writing for me is so second nature. I've been asked, those are the primary things that I've been asked to do, consider. And so as a result, as a result, I, uh, I think those are the craziest things, if not most unique. We have Ray from Atlanta, Georgia. Who is on clothing? I noticed you plug and support it off in your show. Oh, well, Fab, you and I know the founder of BTC. We do. We know her very well, and we love her very much. So number one, Ray, BTC is an international it's an international enterprise and so it is a clothing line that specializes in promoting the consciousness and movement of black america of people of the african diaspora and helping understand the significance and cultural identity as that applies to who we are as people of that diaspora and so johnson the founder she is creative smart beautiful for a, a, a big breakthrough. And I plug it often because, yes, I'm biased. She's one of my closest friends, and we've known each other for eternity. But also, too, I believe in what, she, what she's about. And, and 
PC means for me, I can speak to from a heritage standpoint. I can identify with that. But Fab, also me, Fab is not African descent. You also are a supporter of it. And so we both support it because we believe in the cause and we appreciate the aesthetic artist artistry that she brings as well to the clothing line, raising the content of her, her, her socio-political, economic viewpoint. And so, I, and I hope you, as a result, Ray, that you'll seek it out too. Do show your support. Go to the website. There's a link on my author page from billypauljones.com. BTC has beautiful products. Just recently, she just released a new product that is, uh, and don't care, but it's a beautiful pink and green shirt. Uh, I think every, my dear friends who are sisters of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, you have one. It is a great shirt for that, not only because of the colors, but because of the messages. And right, right now, there's a new line that I saw out there called Black Wings. And I need to get one of those kits, so I will be making that purchase. But I, I just think that BTC is a great brand. And everybody has a t-shirt company, but very few have a message of foundation and, and commitment. To why I support it, and I hope you will too, Ray. Next question is from Margaret from <laughs> Baby, Florida. I love pets. I have three dogs, four cats, birds, a iguana, uh, I'm sorry, a guinea pig. Have you ever considered writing a book about You can write a book about life if you want. If, by, by my so, uh, well, it's funny because I was cracking up because I love nature and I love being in nature. I'll be honest and say I'm not, I, I love animals and I don't, I mean, I, I do eat them too. <laughs> but I also acknowledge the fact that I, I think compared to Fab or some of my other dearest um, individuals, in my life, I, I, I have a love for animals in a different way. And for I can only think about the things that I love the most. And I love nature. So being on animals is part of nature. I like to write about all of nature. And so as a result, have I had an interest to write about animals quite yet or a work that features them? I haven't. That is a, its own unique audience in each audience. And so my dear colleague who retired last year, um, Vicki Henderson, famous author, she wrote a book called Fur People. And it's a great novel and a great about this kindness who lives with all of these unique animals. She does so well with that. That's her shtick. So I respect that. At, whereas for me, I think my interest is more so on, focus on focusing on the humanistic nature of things. Although I look at works like Animal Farm, where people are personified, the characters of some of our most notorious in our world are personified in the characters of the animal. And I read that in ninth grade honors years ago. Therefore, I, I I should. And now that you planted the seed for me, I'll consider it. And Margie, your story in itself, I can start with a story about you and everyday folks. So hit me up if you're interested in, a, in an interview. Perhaps I can get some inspiration and write a story that will your life. We have Dom from Toronto, Canada. Everything taken a guest appearance in Toronto, Canada? Oh, Don, I, I'm sorry I haven't been there in a while. In fact, the last time I was there was in 2005 when I was the featured author at a university there for my book release, the first book of Everyday Folks. And I apologize for being physically away, but I'm not a physically away. I'm just an internet click away, if you ever want to find me. But yes, as the new book comes out, my, one of my fan bases has always been outside of the U.S. Canada is one of those special places. And so therefore, I definitely need to get there. 
and there are some conversations about making that perf- making that happen. So when I do, I'll let you know, have your email address, and I'll shoot you an email to let you know. We have a dean from Russia. In Russia, I listened to your show. It is very interesting. Do you think of putting issues that relate to Russian people? Well, Vadim, I thank you for listening. And, and I heard this. Yes, I do. In fact, one issue that is very prevalent in Russia, and everyone who knows me knows that I support LGBTQ community rights. Um, and so, therefore, I find that there are issues as it relates to this particular community in Russia. They're not as celebrated or cannot be as openly expressive as to who they are and their identities in their community. So one particular way that I'd like to do that at some point, I haven't done it yet in everyday folks fully, but I want to acknowledge those challenges from a Russian perspective at some point. I do, I will. But that's one of several issues. But also, there's also joys of Russia. I think as Russia continues to develop its own capacity, we'll find other ways where uh, we can look and see and celebrate the good things that Russia has to offer, and not also is not only as challenges. So there's more to come, and I appreciate your listening and being the percentage of our listeners from Russia because we do have a small percentage of Russian listeners. Natalie and Miramar, Florida. October is my favorite month. I love the Halloween and all of the scary movies. Ever think of hosting a scary story contest or something else related? Oh, Natalie, you you read my mind. So, yes, there's something coming. I can't speak of it quite yet because we're going to start promoting it in early September. But within the month's time, you'll hear more. Yes, there will be a contest, and this contest is going to allow folks to to, to showcase their interest on the topic. It will be very focused. It's not targeted, however. So I definitely want you to listen in and stay tuned to that. And, yes, I love as well. In fact, my most favorite holidays of the year are coming. I love Halloween because I get to be in dress and speak about the things that go bump in the night. And then I also like Thanksgiving because I'm to celebrate family and give thanks and understand what this incredible nation was from that perspective. And I also love the, the winter holidays such as Christmas where I'm able to, it's not only about the gift giving because I'm beyond that stage of life or, or, or expecting to receive gifts, but I'm able to provide and serve others through my gift capacity and also reflect on the year's perspective. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool things that are coming in the part of the year. And if you live in South Florida, the weather's just, it stinks right now. With that, it's muggy. You feel like you're getting choked outside. So it's great to, be able to see the the in temperatures, although they are dipping much less. But we're able to enjoy all that. And it, there is beauty living in South Florida in the wintertime. We have Rex from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> How do you maintain your writing momentum while balancing a busy lifestyle? I'm having trouble getting the writing done because I'm always busy with life, kids, etc. Well, thanks for asking that question again, Rex. It was answered a little earlier. I balance it by just scheduling the time that works. I have to make time to write. If I'm not making time to write, then I'm not being free. One of the challenges I had within the past five years when I was a, a college administrator, I loved what I did, but I did not like the fact that I was being stifled, if not limited, in my creativity. And so now that I've found my creative space again, that's where I want to operate for the remainder of time that I'm allotted on this earth. So therefore, I have to make it a priority. Just like people can make it a priority to go out to eat the dinner, right, Bob? 
People can make an, a priority to go out and take vacations annually. Or you can make a priority to go spend time. We can make great time to goof off, which is good because life is tough enough and we do need our downtime. But also, too, if creativity is that thing that you enjoy in life, I don't see it as a job or a chore. I do it because I enjoy it. I like my creativity, even if I'm just keeping it to myself. So, therefore, I schedule time for it. And, and, and making a busy lifestyle, you first have to ask. Other writers do it, too. J.K. Rowling, even though she's an author, there is times when she's out of the public view and just writing, or Stephen King. So, therefore, we have to make sure that you make time to write. I have Lance Atlanta, Georgia. I am very interested in writing about life in the South today. I have a sense of what I want to do. Have you ever considered doing something? Yes, Lance. In fact, one of my favorite authors who's no longer alive is Flannery O'Connor. And she wrote a short title, A Good Man is Hard to And she is known, just a little bit about her background, she died at 40 of cancer. And she knew she was going to pass. However, she wrote this story that pretty much was a bit like this. Family on their way from Tennessee to South, to the South, to Georgia, to Florida. Actually, they're on their way to Florida. They bust a tire. Grandma, or they don't bust a tire. They actually get in an accident because Grandma decides to pass a cat. It's quite funny at first. And Grandma is quite racist, by the way. So, and then at some point, they crash. The car flips, but they all survive. Mom, dead, baby, son, and Grandma. But then the... A, 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 a motorist passes them, and that motorist is the misfit. He's a murderer. And pretty much he just murders everybody. Murder them one by one. And it's in, it is a example of Southern Gothic. And it is a literary term that is, that is coined often when you think of Larry Connor's work. I want to produce something like that, and I kind of want to do it for Halloween. So I'm looking at, I have a couple of things I've already written that I want to do that. But I think what Southern Gothic means today is Southern Gothic before, because you can travel through Florida and you can see rural communities, but there are a lot more progressive ones than there were before. So I do want to that. So I'm looking. We have Robert from Hollywood, Florida. In the middle of the night, I get the urge to write. Sometimes I produce my best. What is the best time of the day to write? Where do you get that inspiration? Oh. Robert, I get it. I get in where I fit in. I truly do. I try to get in as much as you can. And I also think about the different times of the day that I do. My best days for writing, I'll tell you it's that day, but I do like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, alternate days. And I try to now, I'm trying to do it with my workout days, what so kind of works best. So I'm not killing myself in one day, but my mental way, I can still work. And also, too, I, I do work right best sometimes at night. So I balance it. Different times of the day to produce my stuff. You can't expect things to happen all the time. You just have to let them happen. I think that's very key. So if, if one thing is managing your time, producing, if you're still having time after you manage your time, that's another situation. And that's something that we need to follow up. And we have Nettie from Orlando, Florida. What legacy do you hope to leave in the writing universe, what's the plan? That's a good question, Nettie. I, I thought of it, thought of this question in my own mind two years ago when I started myself. And once you hit the 40s club, life looks a little different. And the one thing that I hope to leave as a legacy is that I created a platform that showcases my own creative truth. 
I also created a platform that allows other people to come on board because I had to get a start somewhere and I had to get a chance. Whether one is self-made or supported, the fact is we all arrive where we need to be. And I just hope that the Everyday Folk's legacy, I hope that it is one that is massive as it has, as, as it, as it has always been in growth, but one that is lost in the minutia of life's circumstances and capital growth, one that allows us to be freely expressive in our artistry, and above all, one that continues to celebrate everyday individual. I think that's an important legacy for me. And yes, there are the entrepreneurial aspects of what but I also have to say that at the end of the day, the heart of what I want to do, the mission has never, ever changed. So, folks, I have to thank you for listening. I hope the show first round of applause for Fab. Thank you for being here, Fab. Any words that you'd like to share with folks out there? Well, hopefully, catch you guys again next time we have a show, which will be soon. And uh, look forward to being here again and co hosting the show. And, Fab. I promise to bring you more shows. In fact, over the next, I think in the next week or so, I'm thinking of doing a part two of this show because I have a lot of questions. We did about 24, uh, 24, and there are about 50 that I've received over the past two months. So I'm going to see if I can get a few more on, and if Fab is available, he may want to come on and support. But Fab, anyone you want to plug or shout out to? Um... Shiva. <laughs> well, I am an animal lover. I, I, I do. I, I tend to. Uh, I've always liked cats, so uh, I'm a, I'm a cat person. Uh, have dogs. The love for dogs too, but the uh, you know in a busy life, a cat's a little easier to care for because they're pretty much independent. And uh, where I, while I was away for Marco, he just leaves a bowl and a little water and the litter, and the cat pretty much takes care of itself. So, uh, yeah, Sheba's, uh, I'll send a shout Sheba. And, of course, Black Tongue Clothing. Of course. And also, thank you, Fab. And, and another a reminder to everyone as well, this show will be available in the next 24 hours on our webpage and as well as through Blog Talk to, um, Radio. And if you'd like to listen back, you can also go to iTunes. We are also available live in iTunes, so we appreciate your support through there, too. And also, I, I just want to say as a closing word, continue to write, folks. Be inspired to be you in all that you do. Don't falter for anyone. And when life throws you lemons, you've got to make some lemonade, but you also got to make some good writing, too. Put your ideas and your emotions to prose, and that makes all the difference. It's quite therapeutic. And then to everyone else, keep listening. Look at BillyPaulJones.com. Go to my webpage see what folks are doing. And as well as look at our itinerary of upcoming activities and events to support you. So I thank you so much for listening today, July 30th, for our new and back segment Q&A of DJ Speaks. More to come in the next few weeks. Until then, take care of yourselves, and thanks for listening.